0: Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast from Discovery Church. Our hope is that this message would help you seek truth and find purpose. If you would like to know more about Discovery Church, please check us out online at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's go to this week's message. It is good to be together. We are in a series called The Great Escape. And I grew up in a little community in uh, Outport, Newfoundland. A community of 500. There's some people that have went to schools that are bigger than my community. And uh, if, you can, if you can think about it, the, the metropolis of a town called Campbellton, and it's spelt Camp Belton. And we, we grew up, and there was one place that we would always congregate. But this was before the time of cell phones and social media um, some people are like, before cell phones, what would I do? Um, it was, and some people are like, finally. It's somebody that understands what it's like to not have cell phones. I remember getting my very first cell phone in grade 11. And it was like a flip phone. And it was, it was like not even digital. It was like analog. There was no screen on it. So you had to like hopefully you pushed the right numbers. And And uh, I remember being the very first person in my high school that got one. And uh, as much as I like, like I, I, I love communicating, but I don't love attention. I don't think so. My wife would be like, yeah, you do. Um, But I would actually like hide in the corner because I was the only one. And I didn't really want to like be like, hey, guys, like anyway. Um, So it was a time when when kids got bored. We had to think of what we needed to do. So in our community, we would start making up games like let's put our feet in and throw down a rock, a huge rock. And the, the first one to move is like out and you keep going until somebody's got a broken foot. And uh, we would do silly games like that. But there was this one game called Beckham Beckham. I have no idea if it, it means something. It was just a game that was unique to our community that all the kids played, all the teenagers played. It was called Beckham Beckham. I'm not sure where the name came from. It was before the time of David, if there's any soccer players out there. Um, it was before him. And it, but it could only happen in one place. And the place that this game Beckham Beckham happened was in this place. I have a picture. It's called the Old Mill. And this is, my, this is my town right in the ocean. Well, this is not my town. My, my town doesn't look like a big piece of concrete. But this is where Beckham Beckham would happen. And the premise behind Beckham Beckham was that there was one person that would start off like it. And then they would have to tag everybody else. But as you got tagged, you would become on like the captives team. And you would go on and tag everybody else until everybody got uh, tagged. But this, this would happen in this structure. Now, this structure was is from 1917. It was an old pulp and paper mill, and there was dams, and there was concrete, and my parents would not want me to go here, even though every other kid, apparently, in the community could go and hang out, but my parents wouldn't go there. So every now and then, I would disobey my parents and go there every now and then, not very often, every day. Um, we would go there but if you if you take a closer look you can see like there's I-beams hanging out and there's rebar and it's it's deemed unsafe like you can go there now but they like recommend that you like wear hard hats and, and but like this 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 place was the place that everybody hung out it was this two story structure that at there was one part that had like 40 foot dams that would back up the water and there was like caverns and and and, and secret passages it was the coolest thing uh, but there was like there was even places like to get down into you had to like your friend had to help you down in, and then if he forgot about you, he would, he would be like, hey! And like they would come and like pull you back out of like these, these like caverns. And, and it's crazy, but this is where Beckham Beckham would take place. And we would do anything to escape. You see the, like, those windows, like, kind of windows? There would be people that would climb up there, because that was like a two-storey building, and they would like literally run-jump off of that. It's like 16 feet high. And they would just people would be running after them, and they would just like take a leap off of it. I, I, I was never that crazy. I, I hung jump off it. But like, that's what they would do. It would, it would, it, they would do anything to escape. And to play back and back, and we would do anything to escape just to win so we could play another game. And uh, it's, cr- it's crazy what we would do to escape. You've, you may have played games like Tag, um, Cops and Robbers, maybe other games uh, like Hide and Seek. And, and you get this like, there, it's fun to play games that where you escape. You get a little bit of adrenaline going and, and you're, you're running around. But... Hide and seek's the worst. When you're a kid, even now when I'm playing with Sophia, I'm like, I got the best spot. And, and like I hear her going around, and, or you hear, hear your friends going around. the worst thing ever is like you've got this perfect spot, they can't find you. And what happens? You need to pee. You know what happens? You get pee shivers. It's like, no, if I get up now, they know where my favorite, and you're like, I can't hold it anymore. And you bust out and you run to the washroom, it's the worst. Um, and, and playing games of escape is fine, but what about it's a reality? I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine in college. His name was Joseph. He was from the Congo, and he, he lived in the Congo between 1998 and 2003. And if you know anything about that area of the world in those times, they were going through a, a genocide and, and a war. And he I remember him telling me a story of, of, of him having to run for three days straight for his life. Now we have some people in our church that run marathons and half marathons and, and do CrossFit and that's, that's good and all and that's great. But I look at this guy who actually walked with a huge limp because of a, of a bomb and, and gun shells that were still lodged in his, in his leg from the time that he was running for three days straight and it got infected but he was keeping running, keeping running. 72 hours of running straight, having to run for his life. It, it is insane that there's still parts of our world that that, that, is, that is a reality. And even though... We live in a country where we don't have to wonder if we're going to step outside if will be the last time we step outside. Or when we leave and, and, in a, on, a, on a morning to go to work, we, we're pretty confident that we will come back home again. And I'm glad that we don't live in a country uh, that, that we wonder if we're going to have to escape every moment. But even though we live in a free country, many of us are living in a place of captivity that we try to escape every single day. We try to escape from relationships. We try to uh, escape from past memories of something that has been bad. We've tried to escape from our finances. We try to escape from, uh, from maybe a spousal relationship, a, a father or a mother relationship, or, or a, a sibling relationship. And I believe that, that God wants us to get to a place that we're not trying to escape anymore. Because when we're continually trying to escape, we're living in this place of captivity. And, 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 but God wants us to live in a place of freedom. And we may not be running for our lives. But if we could be honest with ourselves, many of us do try to escape every day just to try to stay in front of some of our biggest fears. And we try to, we tuck things that, that happened in our lives or that are happening or, and we try to tuck them into a part of our lives, into a room and into a, we compartmentalize our lives and we put them into a place and we kind of turn the lock and hopefully that stays in the dark and we try to bury it up and bury it up and bury it up and thinking that if we, if we bury it enough and we, we suppress the feeling or suppress the memory enough that, that it won't affect me anymore, that, it'll just push and push and get out of my life. But, but God, but God knows that the more, and we know that the more that we suppress it and, 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 We we keep it in in the dark. That's the area of the lives that, that when the devil comes, he, he wants to be like, oh, look, look, that's, that's a part that, that makes you not worthy of God's love. That's a part that makes you not worthy. But don't tell anybody because that, that you're the only one that deals with that issue. You're the only one that had parents like that. You're the only one that has a marriage. You're the only one that has a, a bank account. You're the only one. That's what the devil tries to do. But God says, no, the best way, the best way to come into uh, to, to freedom for, and, and, and learn from escape is we've got to face it. And we're going to do a, a sermon series uh, probably in September uh, that's this called Facing It. See, Satan wants to come and, and, and to leave us, th- to say that it's okay to have compartments in our lives that are, that are not exposed to everybody else or are not exposed to God because it's like you're the only one. But John 10, 10 says this about uh, in relation to uh, Satan and to Jesus: says a thief, which is referring to Satan, is, on, is only there to still kill and destroy. Jesus says, "I came so that they can have real life and eternal life, more and better than they have ever than they have ever dreamed of." Jesus knows that that uh, that a life lived in complete freedom. Is, is a life that is more purposeful. But Satan wants to steal our purpose. He wants to kill our purpose and he wants to destroy our purpose. See, we have areas of our lives that we're trying to escape. If you took a moment and, just, and we just prayed, God would probably reveal things in your life that He wants to bring to light, not in front of everybody. But the reality of it is, is that we do try to compartmentalize our lives and say, that's fine for over there, or that's my Monday night, or that's my, that's my Tuesday night, or that's my, my 1993 moment that you never dealt with. And, 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 and it's in this dark compartment of our lives. And that's where Satan wants to. Hide. I remember being on a, uh, on a trip in Vancouver and we were uh, helping out different, different uh, ministries and outreaches in downtown Eastside. If you know about Vancouver, it's the, the poorest zip code in our country, uh, East Hastings. And we were at one ministry that was out in Abbotsford along with this trip. And uh, it was this ministry like clothing and food and coffee and like when it was cold. And I remember having this eerie feeling. And one of, our, one of our students, which is now a part of our church, is not a student anymore, uh, We were debriefing after, and I was like, how did you guys feel about that? He was like, I felt dark. Because they didn't have any lights up, and it was really dark. And he was like, I just felt like, I felt like, like this word." Satan wanted it. Like, I felt like that's where the devil wanted to hang out because it was dark. Like, but, but when you bring light into it, it changes the whole atmosphere. Yeah, it was dark. It's like, oh, I'm fearful. I'm not sure if I'm going to like be beaten up. or. But bring a little bit of light into the circumstance. You're like, oh, these are just people. They're not mean at all. Like, and the reality of it is, is that God wants to come in and bring light into every circumstance, into every area of our lives. And the person that holds the key to those areas are us. The people that hold the power to allow light in is us. It also says in 1 John 1 and 5 that that this is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him him at all. And then John 1 and 5, uh, not with the one at the beginning, but John 1 and 5, the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There's areas of our lives that we're trying to escape from. There's parts of our lives that we're not so proud of. There's parts of our lives that we've never even had, had we never even had the choice over that we try to we try to suppress. Maybe you're you're blaming yourself for for a death That you had no control over, and you just said, I want to to suppress that into a part of my life, and I don't want to to bring it to the surface again. But the more that we suppress it, the more that we cover up. The reality of it is, is that it's going to come out in the most inconvenient times in our lives. We hold the key to the dark places of our lives. Jesus is standing at a door of our lives, and he is knocking. He's not going to push his way through a door. He's not going to push his way into a dark room, a, a part that, you, you, that we've covered up. He's not going to push away, but he's going to knock on the door and say, hey, if you, if you let me in, I'm going to come in and we're going to, we're going to deal with that. And, and guess what? You can live in freedom and not in bondage. You can, uh, you can live in a place of, of a complete purpose and not in escape. See, our generation is, is fascinated with this idea of escapism. And the definition of escapism is this. It says, the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities. And then it goes on, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. And it's easier today than any other time to escape from the reality and pick up our cell phones. I'm not saying I love social media, but pick up our cell phones and go on to Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, and, or, or pick up video games or, or bring in virtual reality. Some of these things are not bad in themselves, but the reality is that lots of us are using them to escape what reality in our lives are. Just said reality a lot, but you get it. In order for Jesus to come into the dark places of our lives, we've got to be willing to face it. And not just escape it. The more that we run. The more that we try to escape. The harder it will be to face it. When it comes to light. Jesus stands at the door and knocks and says let me in. I am light. I want to light up the darkness in your life. But he's not going to push his way through. It's our choice. So I believe that one of those ways that we can allow light into our lives is first a relationship with Jesus. Having a relationship with him is one of the first steps saying, okay, God, I'm allowing light into my life. And you may be here and you've never experience a relationship, you've never made that uh, decision to follow Jesus, or you may be here and you're like, I'm not sure where, where my relationship with Jesus is at. If, if, I, if I call myself a Christian or not a Christian, and, and the first step to, to dealing with some of that, that, that stuff in our lives are saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. And we also believe that another way of doing it is to enter into relationships with people in discovery groups. There's not going to be discovery groups it's like "What's in your life? What's in your life? What's in your life?" But you understand that that when you when you build relationships with people, and when you feel safe, when we feel safe, there's a there's a comfort level where you actually trust people that you people can walk through dark parts of your life with you. And and there's there's power in confession. And and as you walk, and Joel talked about uh, being accountable to each other. And we're not we're not going to get there with a list of questions is this in your life is this in your life is this in your life but we want to create meaningful areas of opportunity for light to be able to shine through other people so, they can, so we can light up the dark places of our lives because when we walk with other people and people walk with us the crap in our lives is easier to deal with and easier to, to, to allow God to work his freedom in so I, I encourage you if you haven't signed up for a discovery group yet to give it a try Maybe you've been feeling like, man, I, I run so hard and you're just trying to stay in front of, of, of your past mistakes or your past issues. I promise you that if you get into a discovery group, that if you invest your life into it and you invest your time, guess what? There's going to come freedom because God works for other people as well. And I think a third way that it could be very evident in stepping into freedom is to get Baptized. And we, we do, I, I love it. At Discovery Church, we do a baptism service every single month at, at the beginning of month. So it's next week, we do a baptism service. And, and we believe that baptism is, is, is significant because it's biblical and what Jesus taught, but it's also, uh, is it, laying down your old when you're going under the water and coming up and new. And I believe that that's a step that you can say publicly to people saying, you know what, I'm, le- I'm leaving the past. I'm allowing light to shine. I'm allowing Jesus to come into every part of my life and I'm coming up a new creation creation. creation. I'm I'm allowing uh, people to know uh, with uh, with an outward sign of the inward change that's happening in my life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca.